Last week I talked about how uh, it's so important for us these days, and really always, to, uh, to pay attention to how the body feels. Uh, how the body feels is important. Uh, so, you know, sometimes there's unpleasant sensations in the body that are more pronounced, more uh, blatant. Uh, oftentimes, as we go throughout our days, uh, there's different forms of stress, uh, or what we sometimes call dis-ease in the body. Uh, uh, sometimes those are more subtle, or if they're not so subtle, we don't tend to notice them because they're so habitual. Uh, so it's not like you know you bang your foot against you know the table and it really hurts and you really notice that. You know that's not a habitual sensation in the body. Hopefully, for, for most of us, we're not going around banging our toes into the table all day long. But oftentimes, there's different forms of stress, dis-ease in the body. Uh, in part, this is because the body holds, if we don't process it, the various emotions and, as I talked about last week, the different experiences of trauma that we go through as we go through life. Uh, sometimes traumas are quite blatant, uh, and then there's the subtle, uh, the more subtle trauma that we experience. Uh, so, you know, unless we process the feelings that arise as we go through our lives, which means unless we bring awareness to them, uh, they get held in the body. And oftentimes they manifest as different forms of uh, physical stress, dis-ease in the body. So in and of itself, that's painful. Uh, in a perhaps subtle way or perhaps not so subtle way. And of course, the body conditions the mind. So if the body is in a, is in a state of dis-ease, blatant or subtle, it's going to condition the way the mind is. So the mind will be agitated or irritated or, or, or more. Uh, and our actions will often come out of uh, the stress that we feel in the body. So uh, if we're feeling this stress in the body, our capacity to relate to another being is compromised oftentimes. To relate to another person in a skillful way. It's hard to relate to another in a skillful way when the body is in a state of disease. So uh, our practice is a practice of awareness, right? Of, of bringing awareness to what's there. The technical term in Buddhism for what we're talking about is the second foundation of mindfulness, Vedana, feeling tone, paying attention to what the body feels like. So in our meditation, but also as we go throughout the course of our days, we're aware of what the body feels like. We bring a simple awareness to what's there. Oh, there's stress in the shoulders. Oh, I feel this tightness in the chest or whatever it is, this physical uh, manifestation that we're feeling. Uh, we bring a simple awareness to it. Uh, we allow ourselves to, in bringing awareness to it, to create uh, a relationship to the experience with around which there's some space uh, and the body can begin to regulate and come into a state of ease. So in our practice we work with uh, the way the body feels, the physical sensations in the body, uh, what we call feeling tone, uh, and uh, often again they're a reflection of the mind. Uh, and then we also work with the mind itself or the emotions themselves. Uh, very specifically, so it's 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 uh, these are two uh, pr 
primary mindfulness is that the Buddha taught. So first he taught being mindful of the breath and the body as a way of establishing yourself in the present, cultivating an easeful abiding in the present. That's the foundation, the foundation in tranquility by which you're able to practice the other mindfulnesses, mindfulness of feeling tone or the way the body feels, and mindfulness of mind or emotion. So that's the second and the third foundations of mindfulness. As I said, uh, you know, a lot of times what we're feeling in the body in terms of stress is, uh, you know, physical stress is, a, uh, is an expression of, of trauma that hasn't been processed, subtle trauma, uh, blatant trauma. Uh, and, uh, uh, and of course, uh, the different emotions that we feel are also uh, in many ways uh, an expression of uh, held trauma. So, you know, I'm kind of using this word trauma. It's kind of a, a word that's used a lot in, in some of the more contemporary psychologies, uh, uh, rightfully so, uh, because we're all going through trauma. You know, we've all been going through trauma. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like the bearer of bad news, you know? It's like, you guys are going through trauma. Oh my God, we're going through trauma, you know? Uh, you know, it's kind of a funny dynamic because, you know, in a lot of the ways, we don't want to have to look at it that way, right? Oh, it's not so bad. You know, this is an opportunity for me to work on my, you know, my, my, my needlepoint, uh, you know, or write that play or whatever. Uh, this, is, this, is a, this is really good, but it, it's a trauma, you know. A pandemic, a global pandemic is a significant trauma. For many of us, this will be one of the great traumas that we go through in our lives. It's like going through a war. Uh, you know, we all go through traumas. We go through deaths and losses. Uh, this is a significant trauma that we're going through. So, uh, so the thing about that is, uh, you know, if you deal with that trauma when it's arising and when you're going through it, uh, first of all, it's going to really help you uh, be able to be present and make the most of your lives as you're going through the trauma, but it's also going to have a profound effect on what happens going forward once, you know, the, eventually the pandemic will end, you know, but if we don't meet the experiences that we're going through during this period of trauma and relate to them skillfully, then we're going to pay the price for not having done that a year from now two years from now, 10 years from now, for the rest of our lives, you know? Uh, you know, many of us who, you know, were in New York and downtown, you know, at the time of 9-11, you know, we experienced that in friends of ours. I mean, I have friends who, you know, were working down, you know, in the Wall Street area who are still, you know, never really did process uh, what they went through. And, you know, to this day are, you know, are experiencing it in terms of, uh, physical problems or mental emotional problems but it doesn't have to be that way you know we can we can and that's you know we can uh, meet this experience of significant trauma meet it skillfully and 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 actually you know in doing so we can re we can really grow from that of course so so how do we do that so how do we do that 
uh, so that we can be in these days. You know, this is a lot, of course, of what we're talking about over the last months you know, on Saturday morning, Sunday mornings. Uh, so, uh, you know, if it, how we do that, how we do this. Uh, uh, so a few things that I'll, you know, and, and again, we, you know, we've been, uh, most Sunday mornings, this is what we talk about, you know, although maybe I don't paint it in such a, a blatant picture for you. Uh, so uh, a few things, and again, uh, these are things that in large part we have been talking about uh, that, uh, that come to mind as being very important. So the first thing, of course, is always connection, you know. It's very important to have a connection with others as we go through this experience of trauma. Now, of course, you know, the kind of connection that we have with others is, 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 is really important because if we're with others who are going to uh, uh, throw fuel on, you know, the fire of our pain and our trauma, that's not going to be so, so useful for us. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so crucial for us to to have an environment in which we can cult, uh, connect with others uh, that's safe and protected, a safe and protected environment, you know, where we have support and where we know that we're cared for. Uh, so, you know, this is what we try to do in a Dharma group. Uh, so, you know, it's one of the reasons why I've tried to keep this group relatively small over the past year uh, is because, uh, you know, it's important for us to have a connection with each other. You have 200 people in a group, I mean, you don't, and you don't know the people, and it's very hard to feel safe and protected. Uh, you know, or you go to a class and you don't know the teacher, you know. Uh, it's not the same thing where, you know, most of you I know, or I, well, most of you I've known for a long, long time. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, you know, and, that, and that's so important to have that kind of connection. Uh, with others in an environment uh, where we where we can where we know that we have others to be there for us and, and, and to care for us. Uh, uh, the next thing that I'll mention is this quality of what we could call tranquility or calmness. You know, it's so important to have uh, tranquility and calmness, and you know, which leads to really equanimity, which is the ability to maintain uh, tranquility and calmness in all circumstances. So, you know, calmness comes largely through our breath meditation practice. So this is why it's so important to practice during these times, uh, not just to be able to, to sit in meditation and still the mind, which is very, very important, but also to, to bring ease to the breath and then subsequently to the body, you know. So I talked about this in the sitting. So we, we, we still the mind by keeping the mind on the breath and in the body. The more the breath and the body feel comfortable and easeful, the more the mind will want to stay with the body. The more stillness there is, uh, you know, this is the genius of the Buddhist teachings, but he, he also, through the breath meditation practice, creates a pleasant abiding for the mind, but also uh, brings the body into a state of regulation through the practice of breath meditation, beginning with seeing disease in the breath, finding an easeful breath, allowing the breath to condition an easeful uh, flow in the body, uh, what we sometimes call refreshment or rapture, so that the channels through the body are open, uh, the energy is able to flow through the body, the body is able to self-heal, and the emotions that we experience as we're going through trauma have a chance to process, have a chance to process. This is why I sit in the morning, 
You know, this is why I sit in the morning, because I don't want to hold on to all this stuff and five years from now, you know, be paying the pen penalty for it through physical pain or illness or emotional pain and depression, etc. So we hope this is why the breath meditation is so important, so important that we develop this flow of useful energy throughout the body. So connection, calmness, and then what we could call discernment or working with the mind. Uh, so working with the, the mind as it manifests as the different stress in the body, uh, but also working with the emotional states. So, uh, so uh, you know, what tends to happen, of course, is, you know, there's emotions that are coming up for us and we don't want to look at them who does, who does, our tendency is not to want to, uh, it's not our fault, uh, uh, you know, uh, but that's our tendency. So, you know, we're, we're much more inclined to wanting to repress or to shut down. And what happens is the different emotions become locked into the body, you know, so we, and we experience, you know, you know, we may try to avoid them, you know, through different means, but they're locked into the body, so we'll suffer anyway, and we'll suffer into the future. We're suffer we'll suffer into the future. So, I think one of the things, you know, that's really important, uh, you know, and as I was thinking about this talk, it really kind of started with the idea of, uh, you know, talking about how we need to be aware of how we're relating to the pandemic. <laughs> you know, it's like, how do I feel about this sucker? You know, how do I feel about the pandemic? You know, what's arising for me emotionally? You know, you know, and not to, not to cover that up, not to cover that up. Of course, you know, it's always about being aware. Uh, it's very simple uh, and being skillful, right? You know, being skillful, you know, not pushing things down and not, uh, and not acting out and, and drowning in the experiences. You know, that's why we need connection and calmness and why we develop these qualities so that we can be, so that we can bring awareness to, uh, in a skillful way, to what's arising for us, you know. So sometimes meditation takes a bad knock as being a way that you can repress emotions, you know, or to cover up or to, you know, but it's, it's like all that we're doing in terms of concentration and the the qualities of joy and of the heart that we're that we're cultivating are putting us in a position so that we can be mindful of our emotional states. So, so you know, this is a good reflection for us. Is like what's coming up for us, what's coming up for us these days, these days. And maybe you ask that question once a day. That's a lot. Once a day is good. You know, I always like to give very practical parameters. Right? I've done that for years. If you do that once a day, you're probably doing it once a day, you know, and, and, you, and skillfully, you're doing it once a day more than most people will do it, you know. Uh, you know, during the meditation is a good time to do that. At the end of the meditation, you can call it up, all right, just say one word, pandemic. What, what arises? What's the feeling, the emotion that arises? Just bring a simple awareness to that. Five seconds, you got five seconds. After that, then you go into the story about the pandemic and everything else, and you drown in it. But you've got five seconds. If there's concentration, you can be with your experience for five seconds and then back to the breath. So what's coming up for you? 
So as I started to kind of really look at this, you know, myself, uh, you know, and as I have been looking at this for myself, uh, you know, and, and delving into it a little bit, uh, you know, we're going through, as I said, a significant trauma. The way that we are uh, built as human beings is to relate to trauma in, in a specific way or specific ways, two specific ways. So as human beings, when we go through traumatic experiences, our tendency, this is sort of our, the way that we were wired, you know, it's sometimes called, you know, the animal brain that makes up about 85% of our brain, uh, you know, responds to these circumstances of trauma with fight or flight, with fight or flight. So this is our tendency, this is how we're, you know, this is what we have to kind of work with because this is what we got. You know, it's like you, you got two hands, so you work, you know, they, they make spoons and forks so you can use your two hands to eat and, you know, and the tools, you know, you know, what you got emotionally is fight or flight in the face of significant trauma like a global pandemic, you know, that happens once every hundred years, God willing. Uh, so... Another way to think about, you know, this tendency to flight for flight or fight, you know, I'm simplifying things here, uh, you know, uh, another way to think about uh, fight or flight is, uh, in terms of primary emotions that we might experience, is, is anger and fear. Anger and fear. So these would be two emotions that we should, you know, really kind of pay attention to in terms of uh, being on the lookout for and bringing awareness to them when they're there. So it's very important to be mindful of these experiences, uh, and, you know, and as opposed to, to shutting down, you know, as opposed to shutting down, because our tendency is to want to shut down and not to kind of have to deal with, with anger and fear. You know, and sometimes there's that tendency, you know, as the meditator, you know, it's like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling anger. For, for sure, and fear also, you know? So these are just, you know, this is why I did this little bit of chapter and verse here. This is just part of what it means to be a human being. It doesn't mean you're a bad meditator. It means you're a human being if you're experiencing anger and fear, you know? It means you're a meditator if you're noticing that. You're noticing that and you're relating to it skillfully. That's, that's the meditator. That's the meditator. And of course, working with it skillfully is, is always about being mindful of it as it presents itself to you in the body, in the body. Uh, and not analyzing it, but just being, bringing awareness to it as a felt sense in the body. So, uh, so you know, this is something that certainly I kind of pay attention to in terms of my own experience. You know, if I, if I, see how I'm relating to the pandemic, there's fear. You know, there's fear. You know, fear of fear of the very simple fear of getting sick. Very simple fear of getting die of dying. I mean these are these are basic human existential fears, right? But you know, maybe more pronounced, you know, since we're we're faced with a deadly virus. Uh, so, you know, so it's important to be to bring mindfulness to that or, you know, maybe there's the fear of uh, you know, not being able to work and provide for your family, you know, or to lose your 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 uh, livelihood, uh, or 
the fear that certain things in your life are going to be taken away from you, you know? So, you know, there's many ways that fear comes up for us in, in, this, in this time. So our practice, of course, is very simple. You know, if once a day, again, you bring awareness to the fear, you know, uh, by, and what does that mean? What we always talk about in the body. Okay, there's fear, you know, and with fear, you know, I sometimes I say the five-second rule, some people here have known me for a long time. I've been talking about the five-second rule way before they started talking about it and things like somatic experiencing with titration and pendulation, you know, uh, which are great, great concepts. Uh, you know, the Dubinin has a much more simple way of technique, you know, five-second rule. Fear, you got one or two seconds, you know, because it's, because it's so hardwired, you know. Mindfulness can't really hold it so well, so... It's just the experience of fear. I feel it. Back to the breath. Compassion. That's simple. A, B, C. So maybe you do that in the meditation. Maybe you do that during the course of the day once or twice. So this practice of A, B, C, it's very simple. Bring awareness to the experience of fear as a felt sense in the body and then go to the breath. See if you can find that easeful breath. So there's a means to my, my madness, right? You know, and this is why ABC kicks ass on rain any day of the week. Inside Dharma joke. Uh, so, uh, because the breath, if you go to it and find an easeful breath, brings the body, will start, the breath will, will begin to regulate and become more easeful. Why does he have an easeful breath? Ah. The breath becomes more easeful. It brings a sense of ease to the body, that quality of refreshment to the body. The energy flows through the body and the emotions have a chance to process. When the body is tight, tense, the emotions get held in the body. They don't have a chance to process. You find that easeful breath, let the body come into a state of ease. You don't really have to do anything, just do that. What you really need to do is feel the easeful breath. The body will come into a state of ease. You feel that little bit of fear, you come to the breath. And just find that easeful breath so the energy in the body can open up and the different emotions, in this case fear, can, can, uh, can process. If you come to the body and you go to the breath and it's really tight and the body's tight, you can try to just let the energy you know, be a little more proactive uh, like we sometimes do in the meditation. Tom Jeff, Tanisara Bhikkhu says, you know, let, let the energy flow through the hands and the, uh, if the energy is constricted, let it flow through the hands and the feet and the arms and the legs. One thing I like to do is, uh, you know, just maybe do a little micro movement. If the body is tight around fear, uh, just kind of move a little. Just, you know, it's just a little bit of micro movement. Just, you know, you're, just move your body slowly to get the, the channels in the body to open up so the emotions can process. So, you shake it off a little bit. You shake it off a little bit. They teach this in techniques like somatic experience. And you shake it off. You shake it off. A little bit of movement. And then compassion. The second uh, is anger. Uh, I find with, uh, with trauma and, uh, you know, and there's different psychological models that would support this. Uh, but, you know, I just use the psychological model of my own experience. I find with uh, trauma experiences and with the pandemic, it's not so much anger, it's rage. 
It's intense fucking rage, you know? Uh, you know, and you know, I kind of started to look at this, and it was like, man, there's rage there. You know, there is intense rage. And, you know, it's just very interesting because I could see how being the good Dharma student, the good Dharma teacher, you know, the tendency is not to, is to want to push that down. It's like, oh, everything's cool. You know, I'm feeling the breath. Well, what's, what, when you look, it's like, there's rage. My life is being taken away from me by this pandemic. You know, I mean, you don't have to analyze why the rage is there. You know, it's not the rage at any, I mean, it could be the rage at, we can project it onto certain people, you know, and certain institutions or whatever, but it's just the rage. You know, that's the rage of Dylan Thomas, you know. Do not go, you know, the rage, rage against the dying of the light, rage, rage against the vicissitudes of the human form and the fact that, you know, uh, my life to so much of an extent has been taken away from me and I got to sit in this apartment all day. Can't even go out, you know. So, you know, this is, this is sort of what we learn to see, you know, and the tendency, of course, is to want to put that down, put that, you know, to, to repress it or to say I shouldn't be feeling it. I don't know what could be a possibly more natural feeling to have. And a rage, of course, is really scary for us, so we don't want to look at it also. So, but, you know, if you don't open up to it a little bit, if it's there, look, some of you may not be feeling rage or anger. 31 people here. Nah, you're all feeling it. You're all feeling it. You know, it's my guess, you know, on some level. On some level, you know. Uh, uh, so, so, and that's cool. You know, again, that's not, the, the, the meditator isn't somebody who's not feeling rage in the face of a global pandemic. The meditator is somebody who's, who notices that. You know, who notices that? Brings a simple awareness to it. Feels it in the body. Five seconds. Five seconds. Or if it's really big, you know what they say, you know, in some of the psychologies, just take a little piece of it and just feel that little piece of it. Bring awareness to it. Bring awareness to it. And then go to the breath and find that easeful breath and open up those channels in the body so that it can... So the, so the emotions can move and pass and process. So this is how you work skillfully with trauma in the midst of trauma. If you don't, then you hold on to it. You know, and this is why people, you know, 10 years from now, you're still pissed off, you know? you know? But if you open up to it and are aware of it and find that ease in the body, and again, sometimes the rage can really constrict the, strict the body, these emotions, so sometimes just shake it off a little bit. Shake it off, you know? Just a little bit of movement, a little bit of movement. You can try it right now. Is there any rage there? Is there any anger around the pandemic? Bring a, a moment's awareness to it, a couple of seconds. Back to the breath. Find that ease in the body. Maybe just a little micro-movement. Little micro-movement in the body just to get the energy flowing. And movement is really important. You know, movement is really important. You know, we can, and particularly these days, because we're very tightened in in our spaces, you know. So, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe after the class today, you know, you, 
you know, you know, pull some of those old Madonna records out of the closet, you know, and, and you know, maybe, you know, five minutes of dancing a day is a good thing. You know, I mean, you guys should see me dancing in my living room here, you know. Thank God, you know, I have a nice rug on the floor, so the neighbors below me don't, uh, you know. You know, so that that kind of movement is good, you know, because you need to keep the energy flowing through the body, so you can kind of process those emotions. So movement, yoga, tai chi, going for walks, dancing, dancing, dancing is good. Listening to music, you know, get the energy flowing and moving. You know, so there's a way out of suffering, the Buddha teaches. You know, there's a way out of suffering, but the way out is through. And this is the hard part about the Buddha's teaching. It's not around, you know, it's not around or avoiding the rage or the anger or whatever. It's through, right? It's through. It's through. Uh, which means meeting your experience as it's arising, bringing awareness, being sensitive to what your experience is, uh, uh, you know, this is the importance of the body. So you can pick up, okay, there's fear. Okay, there's rage, there's anger. So we have to learn to meet these experiences, uh, these mind emotional experiences, meet them skillfully. You know, this is something we can do and something we can do together. You know, if we find our way through, you know, we really begin, you know, because what happens, of course, is, you know, when there's trauma, and when it's pain and these emotions, the body tightens up and tightens up and things get held inside. And, you know, we're cut off from our capacity to be connected to the heart and our aliveness and our natural, uh, easeful quality that brings us into the world so that we can live fully. So, you know, when we're able to kind of move through these experiences uh, in a skillful way, you know, I mean, this is the good news, you know, then we're able to, to live fully, realize the fruits of life, you know, this experience of being alive. So let's just close our eyes just for a second.